0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Arlen Suderman from FC Stone is joining us today. As we look at the markets, you get whiplash today. If you look at the how the trade ended up finishing out, some nice green on the screen in our grain. Definite turnaround, Arlen, from what we saw in yesterday's trade action.
1: Yeah, it's encouraging to see a green on the screen from a producer standpoint. Uh, I think a lot of his hopes, expectations that... Uh, We'll see China come in and do some more buying. There's been various rumors out there, various times, about China buying soybeans, about China buying corn. We know that they've purchased probably somewhere around 5 million metric tons of soybeans. Uh, If they were to buy that amount of corn, it would have a much bigger positive impact on the balance sheet for corn. Um, But we really don't see any evidence in the cash market yet that they've purchased any corn. It's possible they have. But we're really not seeing evidence of it. But no speculator really wants to build any big short positions in these markets on the chance that while USDA is, is closed or not providing us with the daily and weekly export sales numbers, that China could be building some ownership. Well, typically, we would see that in the cash market, but not always. There are some ways that they could possibly be doing it where it wouldn't necessarily show up in the cash market yet until it's shipped. And uh, so the trader's really not wanting to take that chance. So breaks are being bought. We had the big break in corn that did some damage to the charts yesterday. That break is being bought. But I'm still going to be wary of this corn market until we uh, negate that bear signal on the charts. And, and I'm still going to be wary that soybeans could do the same thing. But for today, it was positive, and, and we'll take the positive when we get it.
0: Do you think that there's a, at a point when we get past this government, partial shutdown, and numbers start filtering in, that we could have some knee-jerk reactions in these markets?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, uh, the daily and weekly export sales reports were put in place uh, after the great grain robbery of Russia coming in back in the 70s, which I remember well. And they were quietly acquiring a lot of grain uh, uh and nobody knew it so to speak and uh then until the market found out and then we had this huge response and farmers had missed out on the opportunity and so that's when the laws were passed requiring this to to kind of keep transparency in the marketplace in the absence of transparency all of us in the industry you know study all the signals that we see out in the cash market look for indications not just export sales but all the other supply and demand information as well, both domestically and globally. And uh, we we run the risk of being wrong. We run the risk of drifting away from reality. And so when USDA starts reporting once again, that will be taken as reality. If the market's drifted too far from that, be it either direction, then you can expect a, a significant correction in the market in either direction depending on which way we've drifted and so that's the concern going forward but overall the markets are still functioning and uh, those of us in the industry are doing you know working extra hard to just kind of try to make sure our fundamentals are as good as possible
0: sometimes it goes back and i know you and i have talked about this but it goes back to the old fashioned way of how we did did marketing back in as early as the 90s you know and and calling our sources and and digging into information
1: yeah absolutely and uh of course we've got offices around the world so we talk regularly with our office in in uh Campinas Brazil and Sao Paulo Brazil and talking to them about uh, what's happening there with production and their and they put out their production supply and demand estimates uh one of my employees is uh, visiting our offices in China as well as traveling around China uh currently and we talk on a on uh, nearly daily basis as well. And we're doing all these things. We've got sources in the Black Sea, Europe, uh, just trying to keep on top of what's happening in world fundamentals. And it just takes that groundwork to uh, try to service our clients and do better than anybody else in the absence of USDA.
0: You brought up uh, uh, Brazil, and I know that harvest is underway. Haven't seen a lot of ideas or thoughts as to where we're coming in on numbers. I know they've had some weather issues as well down south.
1: They have, and uh, our team dropped their production estimate for soybeans down to 116.3 million metric tons. USDA's current, their latest estimate back in December was 122 million metric tons. A metric ton is 36.7 million bushels. So, and that drop that we did was mostly due to heat and dryness in mostly Perana and uh, Meta de Sol back in December. Now, we've got some additional stress in January. Some areas are benefiting with above-trend yields, others below. Um, And so we're seeing we were on the first to lower estimate. Many others are now following us. Some are lower than what we are. Talking to our team yesterday, they say it's a little premature yet to go lower. But they will be adjusting their estimate in another two weeks based on the data they get. They do this estimate the first of each month. Uh, And we could see some additional reductions. The early harvest results, you know, we're talking about 4 or 5% of Brazil's soybeans have probably been harvested by this point. Early harvest results have been disappointing, below expectations. But that was largely soybeans that were affected by that December heat and dryness. And, uh, but nonetheless we still are looking at a decent crop overall that is starting to make its way to crushers and to export terminals and their basis is rapidly weakening and um, it that means that for anyone buying soybeans now tariffs aside they could go either place whoever has the cheaper soybeans in Brazil now has them
0: and that's definitely gonna put pressure on our beans
1: it certainly would be expected to, and, and how long our price is going to be hold up is really in doubt.
0: Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell. You heard Arlen talk about all their locations all across the world. Well, we're going to dive into some interesting numbers on the hog side. Stick around. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. You heard as we went to break, kind of hinting that uh, having offices in other countries a big benefit when it comes to finding out information and we've arlen have heard a lot as arlen suderman by the way is joining us uh, we have heard a lot of talk and discussion about where we're sitting with african swine fever and questioning i know there's producers just down the road for me questioning these numbers that we keep hearing now you guys have gotten some more concrete information that really puts it in a whole new perspective
1: yeah, absolutely. One of my employees, two of my employees actually are native of China, and one of them was uh, going to return uh, to China to visit family for several weeks and, and asked me, what could he do while in China to find more information? And I said, find out more information and we can have more confidence in on African swine fever. And uh, as well as some other issues, and so he's been traveling around to hog feeding facilities and slaughter plants, and talking to economists, talking to the industry people. There, kind of getting the inside numbers and what's happening. First of all, I might mention China says their economy is has slowed down to six and a half percent GDP growth, and economists there are saying now it's closer to one and a quarter to one and a half percent. Certainly showing in for a export-based economy, that is in big trouble. Uh, That indicates a lot of problems. On the African swine fever, um, the numbers are much worse than what the government's saying. The government's saying that hog numbers, hog feeding numbers are down around 4%, sow numbers around 8%, which is significant of itself. The actual death loss due to the African swine fever disease is probably around one to two percent yet at this point but spreading rapidly but the the real impact is that many of these producers are so afraid of the disease that they're slaughtering animals early to to make sure they get them slaughtered and get profit off them before the disease hits their facilities so we're seeing this surge in slaughter, which is dumping a lot of pork on the market now. And the government's now announced that it's going to buy up a lot of that surplus pork and put it in a reserve for when in the last half of the year there's believed to be a shortage. Now, we still expect that they are going to have to import a lot of pork. That's not going to take care of it because their breeding numbers are down so low. But really, he's finding that nationwide there's a pretty good consensus within China, within the industry, that the hog numbers are down about 15%. But he found some data today, one of the major provinces, and I don't know if I can pronounce it right, Anhui, A-N-H-U-I province, it's uh, on the eastern part, it's one of the top hit provinces along with Shandong province, uh, which are border to each other in eastern China, where um, we're actually seeing hog numbers down thirty percent with some of the extreme counties down sixty percent most of the counties within that province down twenty percent and uh... so we're seeing some significant declines in numbers because of producers worried about the disease slaughtering early and not restocking the government's trying to encourage that restocking but it's just not happening but this explains a real drop in demand for soy meal and soybeans therefore and uh, why I'm particularly concerned about uh, being able to get our soybean demand at a time when South America is also harvesting a crop So as a
0: producer hears you talking about this from a pork producer perspective, what does all these numbers mean this information that you guys are getting out of China?
1: Well what it means is we're expecting China to import a lot of pork and probably poultry and some poultry and beef as well uh, the the hog market had particularly built in a big premium on that expectation late last year for those exports to start happening this year but based on what we're hearing out of china with the surge in pork supplies early that probably means most of the demands going to be more in the last half and so we saw the hog market readjusting the spreads today i think reflecting a lot of those concerns the meat market were probably delaying that export demand here from the united states and uh, so that has to adjust. But then we do see it coming. I think that China is probably going to be dealing with this for at least the next five years before they can get their production back up. It looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better in China. It's going to take a long time to bring this in and reproduce this uh, the whole hog industry there. So I think we're going to see some opportunities. Well, that's not only good for the hog industry i think it's good for the u.s beef industry and the poultry industry as long as we can keep the disease out of the united states but it should also shift more soy meal demand here to the united states and to other countries and so we shouldn't be as dependent on china in the near term well here in the next intermediate term i should say near term it's going to hurt demand
0: Lots of things to think about triple digit losses quickly seen in the cattle market.
1: Yeah, certainly so the market had basically factored in expectations that we'd see cash cattle trade somewhere around 126 on a live basis. Um, and now we're waiting to see where it actually trades. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen? inTLFCstone.com and on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Arlen FF 101
0: And that's the Fontenelle final bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.